0: I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go, Chasing Justice is on. Hey everyone, Lieutenant Joe here. So the war marches on, history marches on. We're moving forward one way or another, whether we like it or not. The days are unfolding and we're starting to see Very clear delineations here, aren't we? Between who's uh, in the right and who's in the wrong and who you can count on and who you can't. In our country, in America here, have we heard President Biden come out and tell the members of the squad to sit down and shut up their anti-Semitic mouths? Have we heard that? No, not at all. I mean, it's okay for them to to stand for people, uh, the Palestinian people, that they want to, you know, they want to make sure that they have a, they have safety and security and a homeland. It's okay to be a proponent of the people of that world, but Hamas and Hamas's supporters, which is many of the people there in the Gaza and Gaza in the uh, West Bank, they are terrorists, and they are terrorist sympathizers, and we're forgetting already, we're, we're doing the American thing. Oh, it's been two weeks since the attack, and you know, and maybe the attack wasn't so bad, and You know, and and maybe, maybe, maybe there is a conflict and, and maybe that, no. Have you been paying attention? Have you been seeing the videos that come out? Have you been reading the accounts of the people who survived the horrific attack on October 7th in Israel? Now, I'm recounting it again because, you know, the old saying, never forget. Well, we're forgetting already. It's been two weeks. This is the biggest attack on Jewish people since the holocaust that is a dark moment in human history the holocaust and we're experiencing another one and people are coming out into the streets this is showing complete and total anti-semitism i mean people just don't like the jewish people they have been the uh the brunt of anger they have been the brunt of attacks for forever you know we see historically they have been attacked over and over and over again. That's why the state of Israel was formalized. See, I don't say created because the Jewish people have lived in that land forever. They were displaced. They went back. They were displaced. They went back. And the world decided that, you know what? Because these people have been uh, have been attacked so many times, they should have their own homeland. And they immediately recognized it. And created the state of Israel, right? Not just the the land of Israel. Now it's the official state of Israel in 1947-48. But we are seeing that, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, and when you talk to different people, you know they they have um, horrible ideas about the people of Israel. You know, I, I thought. I really did hope. I, I can't say thought because I know that people are horrible. Human beings are horrible uh, in many, many instances. We are all territorial, whether we like to believe it or not. We are all uh tribe-ish. We stick with our own tribe first. Uh, but I thought really in this day and age, we were really starting to see beyond some of the old, uh, the old cliches, the old tropes. You know, uh, I'm Italian, right? Italian and Irish, and there's all kinds of Italian jokes about Italian people. There's Irish jokes about it, Irish people. You know, there's all kinds of jokes out there about all these different nationalities and people, and they started from stereotypes. And stereotypes, and most of them were negative because people were different. And when when people are different, you know, the the group that's already established. Uh, likes to compare themselves to the group that's new and they're different and, and here's where they're weird or here's where they're not good or whatever. And that's where that comes from. So that's that's an understanding of, of humanity. But again, when we think about what happened here and as these stories come out more and more and more, when you think about what goes on in, in your life. Now, in your daily life, you might not get along with a neighbor You might have a a person in your community that you don't get along with, but you don't have a thousand, a thousand people with weapons, guns, machine guns, grenades, handguns, knives. Imagine a thousand people attacking your neighborhood at 6.30 in the morning and going door to door, raping robbing, mutilating your neighbors, right? See, this is, this is the part that we don't get as Americans and we're letting this go. These were neighborhoods where people were living their lives, going about their business, not bothering anybody. They were not throwing rockets into Gaza. They weren't oppressing uh, the Palestinian people living there. They were just living their lives, raising their children, going to work. And on the morning of October 7th, over a thousand bloodthirsty killers poured into their neighborhoods and went door to door, executing entire families, murdering parents and children, raping young girls and elderly women in front of their families and then killing them. Now, if you see that as a legitimate tool to fight oppression, I have to say you're sick, right? I, that's what I'd have to say. I, I can't think of anything else for somebody to look at that and go, well, they deserve that. They, that's what they deserve. They shouldn't have oppressed the, the Palestinian people. Those people in those neighborhoods, those Jewish neighborhoods, they didn't oppress anybody. They were living their lives. It's Hamas and these other jihadist groups in the Gaza and the West Bank that are oppressing their own people. You either accept that they're the leadership and they're going to take all the money, they're going to take all the goods, all the supplies, and they're going to use it for their fight against Israel. Now, this is where we spoke the other day about what is a combatant and what is not a combatant. So, if the people there... um, go along with that and they think it's a good idea and they support Hamas, then they're combatants. As simple as that. If they support and cheer as these brutalized victims are dragged through the streets, then they are combatants. And they get what they deserve when, they are, when the reprisal comes from Israel. So the elderly woman, she's in her 80s and she was, uh, she was just released. In a drip, 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 drip release of people, which is is meant to slow everybody down, because it gives all the the haters uh, and all of the appeasers of terror the opportunity to say, "Well, listen, they're releasing, ter- they're releasing uh, hostages. We we better not go in there. We better wait until this happens." And that is a ploy. They're playing on us. Evil always plays on good. Evil always plays on good. We see it in our own daily politics that we've talked about in the past. You know, my connection here is that I always say my friends on the left, my family and friends, I have friends who are, who are left-wing, progressive liberals, and they believe in good things. They want good things. Their hearts are in the right place. Uh, they, they always want everyone to get along and fairness to rise. And of course, uh, everybody wants those things. The problem they have is they don't understand human nature, and they, they can't really wrap their head around that, you know, you can't just wish for something to be a certain way. You have to deal with realities. And we, we went we'd over this in a, in a recent episode. We talked about, you know, opportunity versus outcome. You know, opportunity means you get to have opportunity. But our friends on the left, they are used by the leaders of the Democrat progressive socialist movement. Their goodness of heart, their desire for goodness is played. And they're strung out to believe that everyone else is evil and we only want good. And they really don't actually do good. You know, here, just like in the Gaza Strip, uh, we don't see, you know, we, we see, look at our African American community. They have voted strongly Democrat forever because the Democrats are going to take care of them, going to do the right thing by them, going to help them. They haven't helped that community. And we're starting to see more and more African Americans who realize the Democrat party has been playing them. You know, the way to get ahead is not to say what someone's going to give you. The way to get ahead is to take opportunity and make the most out of it, right? And you're seeing entrepreneurs and you're seeing people in the community rising up to greater heights because they're working hard and they're taking advantage of opportunity. Now, I'm not going to say it's the same opportunity everywhere, but there is opportunity. And people are starting to see that. Democrat Party has done nothing for minorities other than separate them from everyone else, install a victimology uh, concept in their heads, tell them that everyone hates them, everyone's apt to get them except for them, and then they do nothing really to improve their lot. Oh, they give them some stuff. They give them some things. that That's not how the human being wants to uh, deal with life. Every person, every human wants to take care of their family and move ahead and have pride in what they do and have pride in their work, and be creative, and do the right things in life. Raise their children. Uh, And you don't do that when people are just handing you things and telling you you're a victim and you're no good. Well, this is the same kind of mentality that socialism has. Everyone will be the same. Everyone will have the same things. Everyone's going to be equal. It's all going to be wonderful. Only it's never really wonderful for the people who have to live in it. You see, because if you don't have people getting ahead, striving to create and work hard and create things and develop uh, wealth for themselves and their families, what you have is just a mediocre life where everyone has two rolls of toilet paper, everyone has an apartment, everyone has a tiny little car with their five-gallon-a-month gasoline allotment. That is not a a way to live, but they tell you it's going to be utopia, If we just get a chance, we're going to make it utopia. And it never, it never materializes. The only thing that has raised the human standard of living is capitalism. Now, it has mostly good points. There are some bad points, yeah. Greed can get involved. You can have people that are not very, very good people that take advantage, of course. But it is capitalism that allows any individual with drive, ability ideas and dedication to get ahead. Now in the Gaza Strip, we have monsters who are running that government. And other than, you know, handing things out to their people to placate them, they are inculcating them with a desire to hate and kill the Jewish people. They're they're oppressed. Well, they're oppressed. They were given land in a country that wasn't theirs. And we've talked about that before. They may have lived there at one point, but historically, it was Jewish land. And then it was developed into an actual recognized country of Israel. That's it. That's all there is to it. It, You may not like it, but that's the way it is. And the reality is the Israelis gave them land to govern themselves. And instead of turning it into a paradise for their people, they have oppressed their people. Hamas. And the jihadists have oppressed their people in this blood cult to destroy Israel. They don't just want to take the land and move, you know, take a bigger piece of Israel. They don't just want to say, well, we want just Jerusalem and we want this part of the country and the Jews live everywhere else. No, they want to destroy and kill and remove the Jewish people. Do you get that? Do you see the difference there? So one of the things I got a call about uh, the other day in one of the episodes, I had talked briefly on uh, the beginning of the episode about the difference between a tragedy and an atrocity and trying to define the two. A tragedy is when something very bad happens unintentionally. Okay, so the Israelis who are going about their business, living their lives, And a thousand murderous terrorists cross the border and brutalize and murder women, children, men, elderly, do unspeakable things to them. That is an atrocity. When the Israelis turn around and tell people in the Gaza Strip, Mm -hmm. if you're innocent, You have uh, 24, 48 hours to get out of that area because we are going to respond to this horror that just happened to our people. And then they go over there and they attack to attack the killers and the organization that put this attack together, that financed it, that ran it, that is responsible for it. When they go after there and innocent people have not gotten out, either because they couldn't, they wouldn't, or they weren't allowed, and they get killed. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. That is not an atrocity. An atrocity is when it's targeted purposefully to hurt civilians. The Israelis, by all accounts, are going out of their way. More than probably any other country, they are demanded that they go out of their way to avoid civilian casualties. They go out of their way. They send a knock-knock. Uh, things they call them. They they land on top of buildings and they notify everybody in the Hamas building because Hamas, as brave as they are to uh, to rape little children and elderly women and cut the heads off of babies, tie families together and, and set them on fire, as brave as that is to do in your fight for freedom uh, against innocent civilians, as brave as that may be, um, they don't give any warning and the Israelis... Uh, will know that Hamas, as brave as they are, they set up bases in apartments. They set up their bases and their weapons storage and their places to shoot rockets at the innocent people in Israel from hospitals, from uh, elderly persons' homes, from apartment buildings. The purpose being is because they know that the Israelis will take every precaution they can not to hurt civilians. So if we if we put our weapons on the roof of a hospital, they're probably not going to fire back at us. Do you understand that? Do you see the difference? Do you get the difference? Because if you're wavering and you don't understand, you have to ask yourself, am I being played? Because here's the deal. Do the Palestinian people, do they have... Uh, some grievances that they they want to talk about do they want more land do they want a bigger area do they do they want something different for their lives I think they probably do and those are grievances all people have grievances and you talk about your grievances but they're going beyond grievances and now they're attacking innocent civilians and nobody would allow that you would not allow that if somebody kept shooting into your child's bedroom window every day from the neighbor's house, how long would you put up with that? What if everybody came to you and said, well, listen, don't overreact. He just shot one of your children. You got six. And then so he shot that five-year-old and killed him. But don't overreact. Don't go over there and do anything that's going to hurt his family because, you know, he's got a grievance. He doesn't like the, the lawn signs you put up. See how absurd that is? But do you get the point? That's kind of what we're dealing with here. So atrocity is something that is planned. You know, if we look, look at World War II, let's go back to the march, uh, the Bataan March, where they captured all those American soldiers and they marched them with very little food, very little water, in horrific conditions, injured, sick people for miles and miles and miles, where they dropped, they shot them if they couldn't continue, they ran them over with tanks, they killed people, desecrated the bodies of our American soldiers, That's an atrocity that was committed. The Nazis that went in and raped and murdered and destroyed innocent people, those are atrocities. When the Israelis tell people to get out of the area because it's filled with terrorists and terrorist infrastructure, and they don't wanna hurt innocent people and you should get out because we're going to attack in two days. And then they attack and people, like I said, wouldn't leave because they believe in that they believe in the cause, they couldn't leave because Hamas wouldn't let them go, right? Or they just chose not to go. Whatever whatever the case being, they were given the opportunity to get out and they didn't. And Israel attacks the infrastructure of Hamas and innocent people on the Palestinian side are killed. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. You know, fighting back when you've been attacked is not uh, an evil thing to do. Attacking innocent people to start, that is. And if we don't define these terms, if we don't understand these terms and how these things work, we're never gonna be able to um, do the right thing here. Because while the the Palestinian people might have a grievance, they might have some grievances that, that should be looked at and talked about and can be as a world. Do they need more help? Do they need more aid? Where else could they settle? How could they improve their settlements? All of that is legitimate. All people deserve that. All families and people deserve to have that uh, without a doubt. And that's something that can be discussed. When they send thousands of terrorists over a border and they kill people the way they did, um, that is not legitimate. There is no two sides to that argument. That is an atrocity. And atrocities have got... To be prevented, and you prevent them by making an example of those who did it. We totally and completely destroyed uh, the Germans. The Japanese in World War II, who committed atrocities, well documented atrocities, we dropped two nuclear bombs on them to end that war and to stop any further atrocities. And while it might have been horrific and civilians did die, there was no other choice. And we, we talked about this. It comes down to good and evil. What is good and evil? Light and dark. Well, it is evil to do the things that the terrorists did to the communities in Israel. That was evil. There's no way around that. You, if, if you look at it any other way, that is a legitimate way to strike back because of your grievances to kill, rape, and murder little children, women, men elderly people, if you think tying a family together as they scream and cry hysterically and then light them on fire, which was documented, news press people have seen it, to listen to the Palestinian terrorist that was captured when he said, we were told to go and brutalize these people. We were told to do whatever we wanted to do to them. We were told to go wild on them. And he said, we cut heads off of people. We raped. We murdered. We slaughtered. We set on fire. They told you what they did. The evidence is crystal clear what happened here. So if you think that a grievance, that that is an appropriate response to a grievance, there's something wrong with your thinking. And that's all I can say. Now, I can't imagine that many people in this audience see it that way or many people who listen to this network other than the uh you know the people in the basements i'm always talking about because they will try and take and twist any words you say oh you want to kill palestinians now no i've been very very clear that i think they deserve to live a peaceful life as well how that happens well there's a couple of ways that happens they decide to be peaceful they decide to accept the borders that are there and stop fighting because the borders are not going to change. You see, all of this, I- even if you believe that, you know, they should have that land. Well, a lot of people believe that uh, Native Americans here in America should have Manhattan back. It's not going back. It's not going to revert back to Native American tribes. That's never going to happen. That's, the, that's ancient history. It is settled. People conquer other people. It happens. It happens right? So we have to understand the people of of Gaza and the West Bank can improve their lot by negotiating with other countries. Negotiating with Israel gave land. What about Jordan? Why don't Jordan give up some land? Why doesn't Syria give up some land? Why doesn't Egypt give up some land? And they can have increased places to live. The whole world, like I said, would step in and would help them, would provide money and resources and everything. But they are not allowed to do that. The people who run those countries, those organizations, say no. Look at Turkey. The president of Turkey, who's supposed to be an ally of the United States, just came out and said Hamas is a freedom group. And what they did was in, in uh, dedication to freeing themselves from the, uh, the oppression of Israel well, no one else will take them in, right? You know that, right? No one else. Every one of them have said, Jordan said, no, no, none of them can come here. Egypt said, none of them can come here. Syria says, none of them can come here. They're not willing to take their own people in, right? They're not willing to take their own people in and they're morally correct. Why don't they want those people to come to their countries? Well, number one, they don't want to give up any land. Number two, they don't want terrorist organizations embedding themselves who decide that, you know what, we should run this country, not President Ergon or this one or that one. We should run it. And then they start terror campaigns within their own country. They don't want that either. Right? So the world is, is like I said in previous incidents here, It is it is at a boiling point. We are on the precipice probably of something bigger, and I hope it stops. But we have to look and see what these other countries are doing around the world. What is, What are our allies doing? Where is all the world's forces? Where is the friggin' uh, United Nations, which is a bogus, ridiculous, useless group anymore? They are not there for freedom and liberty of all peoples. They are an absolute train wreck. They side with the anti-Israel forces. They side with anti-Semitism. They side with terrorists. They side with dictators. It's useless. And the United States should say, I'm done, and step away. Tell them, get out of our country. Have have your, your hatred-filled nonsense that you do nothing. Go do it in some other country. But we're done with it. Now, again, I'm getting emotional now. Because you see, some of these things are are very, very difficult to overcome. And that's what I talked about in a previous episode. We can't just over, overreact out of emotion and start throwing bombs all over the place and attacking people. But we have to prepare ourselves mentally and physically and emotionally that we may have to do that. I mean, Iran has been a problem forever. How long do we allow them to be around to cause problems around the world? Because they're not going to stop if they are not stopped, if evil is not stopped by good, it will continue. The people of Israel have been very, very, very tolerant. They have been very tolerant, in my opinion, from what I have seen over the years. They've given land. They have given resources. You know, the people in, um, in, the, in Gaza and in the West Bank, they're allowed to go into Israel and work they're allowed to go there and have jobs they serve in the Knesset in the rule in the party in the uh, politics of Israel how many israelis go into gaza for work how many israelis are allowed to be a part of the governing body of of those countries well the answer is none see so if you're honest if you're honest you might not like that the palestinian people don't have all of israel you might not like that you might say, well, they should. I think they should. They should. And, and that might be your opinion. And that's that's a legitimate opinion. People can say uh, Mexico should have California and should have Texas because they did at one point, right? Should. They should have that. But the reality is it's not going to happen. All those kind of things are are done and settled. And if we don't accept that they're settled, the fighting will never end. And that's my point. So we'll be back in a minute my friends, for more conversation, The pandemic may be over for
1: some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Code out loud. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with OxyPowder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why OxyPowder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations.
0: Join us In the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, welcome back. So before I I get back into it, I want to tell you about the Healthy Cell products. They advertise on the network here. Uh, I take them. I take the uh, Immune Boost. I like it. It has really helped me. Recently, I went to Italy, and I thought I was—I thought I was getting a sinusy thing. You know, I did. I felt like, uh oh, I'm going to be on an airplane, I'm going to be traveling around. Uh, so I—I uh, I actually took an extra packet. Now I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to do, but I did because I, I trust it. And by the time uh, I got to Italy, it was all gone, and I felt better. So I trust Immune Boost. It has really helped me over the long haul to feel better and feel healthier, uh, as, especially as I get older and older and older. You know, gosh Almighty, it never stops. They also have the REM sleep product. If you're having trouble sleeping, give that a try. It'll help you get a restful night's sleep. And then they have the Focus Factor to help you think more clearly. So that when I sit here and ramble on and on and on, you can follow my lines of thought. Healthy Cell Products. I do like them a lot, and I tell you about them. All right. So when we talk about atrocity and we talk about intent, let's let's talk about this for a second. Um, atrocity and tragedy. So. A police officer in America pulls over a car, a car that's wanted for uh, a robbery. And the police officer's job, their mission that you set by having laws and wanting them enforced, you know, all of us Americans, we want that. Um, he stops the car, or she stops the car, and they pre- walk up to the car because, uh, and they're concerned because there's a robbery with a weapon, and they see there's three people in the car. Uh, And as they walk up to the car, the passenger in the back seat, who is the robber, produces a weapon and starts firing at the officer. Now, the officer's intent is to protect themselves, so the officer returns fire at the person shooting the gun. Well, a car is a very small space, and depending on the angle, the officer was trying to stop, not to kill, to stop the person firing at him or her using deadly force, which they're permitted to do. You know, somebody shoots a gun at you, you're allowed to shoot back. And the officer shoots back and hits the robber and hits the front seat passenger, and both of them are killed in the exchange. The officer did not intend to shoot the front seat passenger, but because of the situation created by the robber and the officer's response, it was a tragic outcome. Now, that doesn't mean that the person in the front seat's life is not worthy of, of, of life and happiness and joy. It, absolutely, that is. Unless, of course, they were involved in the crime and then, you know, that's what happens when you commit crime. But say they were just an innocent passenger that the robber and his friend picked up uh, and were riding around and the cop saw the car and stopped them. The robber in the back seat initiated the action. The officer responded and, tragically an innocent person was killed. That's, that's a tragedy. That's absolutely horrible and a tragedy initiated by the bad person. See, so the bad person, will say, is evil, and they decide they're going to shoot the officer, to kill the officer, to prevent themselves from being held account for their actions. The officer does the right thing and returns fire to protect themselves. And unfortunately, a person who had nothing to do with the gunfight got hit with a bullet tragedy absolute tragedy no way around it it is but there was no evil intent on the part of the officer now this is an example that happens in many different things and this is what i'm trying to equate with the evil of the jihadist terrorists who attacked israel and then Israel goes out of their way to get people out of the way. And then they're going to they're try and take down the infrastructure, the weapons, the ability of communications. They're trying to destroy the terrorist organization, not necessarily the people of Palestine. They are there like the front seat passenger. And if they get injured, it's because of what Hamas has done, not because Israel responded that's just the reality. Just like here if it happened in America. If a terrorist groups start attacking America from the Mexican, northern Mexico uh, cities, the cartels start lobbing rockets into America, and America responds with a couple of F-16s to take out those locations where rockets are coming from. And tragically, some innocent Mexican citizens get killed in that exchange. Absolutely terrible. Loss of life. Every life has value, but brought on by the evil, by the criminals brought that on, not by the responding Americans. So that's the concepts we have to wrap around our head. Now, I do have here, I do have, uh, there's a news report, and this is a handwritten note that was found on one of the terrorists, you know, when they they went through their bodies after they they collected up all the bodies that they were killed, and a lot of them were, were killed by people who lived there and military and police who arrived and responded. And the words from the Hamas commanders um, says, it consists of an order to kill Jews and the encouragement to decapitate their victims and tear out their hearts and livers. And apparently this is a, a line quoted from that letter. It says, know that this enemy of yours is a disease that has no cure other than beheading and extracting the hearts and livers. This is what they're dealing with. With horrific commentary like that. You you just can't you can't wrap your head around people that don't see the difference between a political difference, an argument and violent disgusting Nazi-like human behavior. Now let's turn our attention for a minute to the Numbers of people around the world, around the world, in America, unbelievable number of people, even like I said, in our own Congress, the squad, very anti-Semitic group of people. And they're treated oh like they have legitimate points of view. You know, anti-Semitism, get rid of Israel. Israel's always wrong. And I'm not saying Israel is perfect. I'm not. I'm not saying that. You know, they're a government like everything else. They make mistakes, they do dumb things, but they're not evil, and they're not trying to suppress people. They're trying to keep people from killing their citizens. Very, very simple. So ask yourself, I guess, a couple of questions here to see where you're trying to help you because I'm going to try and help me too. See where I come down on these issues. Is Israel a legitimate country in the world within the borders that it currently has? My answer to that would be yes. Yes. It is a recognized nation in the world, it's recognized by the useless United Nations. It's, recommend, it's uh, recognized by most of the major countries in the world. Okay, so it's a legitimate country within its borders. In any other country, do people have um, claims to other parts of other countries? Okay, well, let's see. Does America have a claim to any other part of the world? Is America trying to take over uh, Baja, California, that's in Mexico? Or trying to take over the northern provinces of Mexico? Or how about the southern provinces of of, uh, Canada? No, no, we're not. No, we're not. Is Russia trying to take pieces of Ukraine? They are. Um, Is the United States trying to... uh, destroy another nation's people the race of people going after the race of people going to get them no they're not are the Russians well we know that they attack uh, anyone who disagrees with them I don't think they so much maybe have that and I could be wrong Uh, I know they're not very nice to the Georgians and some other former Soviet locations let's look at the Chinese do the Chinese enslave people I think they're called the Uyghurs, right? These are, I think these are Muslim, Chinese. Do they enslave them? Do they treat them horribly? Are they trying to oppress Taiwan? Well, they are. North Korea. Is North Korea at peace with its neighbors? Well, it's at peace with China. Is it at peace with South Korea, an independent nation of people? Well... Technically, they're at peace, but they're constantly waging threats to everyone around them, Threaten to destroy them, to nuke them, to blow them up. They're constantly firing rockets into the Sea of Japan, threatening all those neighbors over there. Uh, Does the United States do that? No, no. So we have some countries that behave that way. Do we have Iran who has threatened uh, multiple other countries around them, specifically Israel, death to Israel, destruction to Israel, wiping out Israel, uh, and death to America. Yes. Does America say death to Iran? Is America having protests marching death to Iran, destroy Iran? No, no, we're not doing that. Okay, so a couple of examples, and I'm sure you could come up with a few on your own. But let's just look at those examples. What do each of those countries have in common? Well, it's the United States, a Western country, uh, superpower, of course, secure in its borders. Um, unbelievable amounts of power. Should we want to take anything, we could, we certainly could, take Baja California. We could take the northern provinces of Mexico. We would lose people; it would be a bloody fight, but we would wipe them out in short order. We're the United States; we have that military power, but we don't do that. Do we do we take the land between uh, Alaska and the lower 48 do we take that so we have a, a full land bridge of American property to from Canada no we don't do that we don't we don't do that um, does Canada do that no Canada's not doing that um, is England doing that? Is England currently trying to build out their country and take over uh, more of Ireland, right? They have Northern Ireland, traditional border. We can argue about that another time. Traditional border, uh, but it's respected there for the most part now at this point. Are they trying to take more parts of Ireland, more counties? Are they trying to take more counties? No, they're not. Is China expanding? Well, they are. Are they expanding? Yeah, they're trying to take over, trying to take over Taiwan. They're trying to, uh, in, the, uh, in the in this, this sea, they're, they're building bases in the sea to cut off, obviously to cut off uh, transport by other countries so they can control that area. Uh, they're a threat to their neighbors in that area. Uh, what do we have? Um, Russia, they're a threat. They're obviously a threat. They've already attacked uh, Crimea, and now they're attacking uh, other parts of Ukraine, trying to take that back. What do they all have in common? Well, let's see. Just like we discussed and had to identify between atrocity uh, and tragedy, well, here we have classically through humanity, you have had good intended countries and evil intended countries. So if let's just, let's go through the, through the recent cloak of history and let's say, where would you line up Using the World War II definitions of uh, allies and axis of evil, uh, where would you line them up? Let's see. Where, where would Russia fit into that? Would they be would they be on the uh, freedom, liberty and um, good side? No, I don't think they would. I think they'd have to go on the axis of evil side. They'd have to line up over there with the Nazis. And with, uh, with Imperial Japan, and they would have to line up with uh, Italy and Mussolini's Italy, they would have to line up over there on the bad side. Uh, how about the United States? They were the uh, ally good good guys with England, France and a, you know a much other other allies trying to fight back evil. So where would the United States stand now? You know back then we were on the good guy side. where would we be now? well, based on our behavior and what we could do and don't do and how we take care of the world and spend our blood and treasure around the world to protect people and to try and save people, America would be on the the good side. Again, you'd have to move America into that block. So America's there again. Um, Now let's see the Chinese. Where would we put the Chinese? Let's just see from their behavior, their threats, what they are trying to do. Where would we put them? The axis of evil or we put them on the ally side? Hmm. Well, I think it's pretty clear you have to put them on the uh, axis of evil side because they're trying to take over neighbors. They're trying to build their empire. They're trying to take over the world economy. They're trying to replace America. Uh, They're expanding out in an aggressive manner, not for good things, but, you know, to spread communism um, around the world. So they'd have to be on that side. Let's see, um, how about Iran? Where would we put Iran? You know, Iran is on the United Nations Human Rights Council. I think they might even run it. Imagine that, people like that running the Human Rights Council. We must all be crazy. Um, But Iran, where would we put them? Do they attack their neighbors? Are they calling for death of other people? Are they supplying weapons and money? Well, they are, yeah. They're going to have to go on the axis of evil side. I think same thing for North Korea. North Korea's axis of evil. South Korea is on the ally side there. You know, they're not trying to hurt anyone. They're doing their thing. Um, Let's see, who else do we have out there? Oh, yeah, let's look at Hamas now. Let's look at Hamas. Where would they be on our our thing here? Are they attacking neighbors? Are they destroying innocents? Are they unprovokedly destroying people? They are. They are. So I guess we'd have to put them on the axis of evil side. And then finally, Israel—is Israel constantly shelling and bombarding and blowing up and attacking schools and hospitals and buses and and elderly people and raping people over over in the uh, in the territories? Or is Israel not doing that and trying to you know be peaceful and let people interact? Yeah, I'd say we'd have to put Israel on the side of the allies here. Okay, so now that was a uh, sarcastic review of nations. But I think we have to ask ourselves these questions. Now, based on those questions I asked myself, and I asked them out loud, and I answered them, uh, I think there are countries who are malevolent, who are evil, and who potentially can cause damage to the entire world. And that means you and me and our families uh, right here in America. Uh, And then there are countries that are doing the right thing, doing good things that are trying to help the world. And I think that is true as well. So we have different different types of people out there, you know, and that, that's really what this comes down to. You know, it is it is something we're all trying to wrap our heads around, I guess. As people, as decent people, to separate the issues is, is not always easy. They're conflated. I mean, they really are. The, you know, we see people, uh, screaming and hollering, there was a, in California, in California, there is a town in California. Let me see if I, where I saw this. I made a note about it here. There's a town in California uh, that just had a town council meeting, and they voted to support Hamas against the Israelis. To support Hamas against the Israelis, and it's it's shocking to think that How do you support Hamas after what they just did? That's like saying, you know what, Um, Charles Manson, uh, yeah, sure, he was responsible for destroying the lives of lots of people and killing people, innocent people, knifing them. Now, he didn't plunge the knife, but he sent those people out there. But you know what? He actually wanted to play music with the Beach Boys at one point. And so he's not such a bad guy. And you know what? He's been been maligned throughout history. Probably wasn't that bad of a guy. You could say the same thing about any one of these serial killers. There are people that love them. Oh, they're wonderful people. No, you have to draw a line and say when people do evil, bad things, you have to call that out. And I think this is the hardest. This is, this is really the most difficult part for anyone who is trying to be honest and trying to be fair and trying to look at this is that the fact that they do not see that the evil is evil, and it's not a legitimate response. There is no legitimate response to mutilating children. Mutilating children. Well, I read you that note, right? That note that was on a Hamas fighter. And then there was a fighter that they caught. And he he came out and said, he goes, yeah, we said uh, we believe in the Quran. And the Quran says, don't hurt women and children and elderly. But our leaders told us to disregard that and go there and brutalize them. So that's what we did. We ran like animals, and we brutalized people. I don't know about you, but could you bring yourself to do those things? Now, I've I've always imagined that in law enforcement, you know, and this is where all your life lessons come together, and this is where this stuff comes together for me. When you become a law enforcement officer, one of the things that they they do is they they talk to you about, you know, the realities of being a police officer. Uh, You will have to arrest people. You may have to get in the middle of family arguments. You may see really, really difficult things. And you may have to use force, including deadly force, to protect yourself or an innocent third party. Are you capable of that? And as a young person, 23, 24, you know, if you've never thought about that before, most people, I think, just say, oh, yeah, yeah, sure I could, sure I could. But the reality of what that means is... Can you use deadly force and kill another human being? Now that's not the intent, right? Police don't shoot to kill, they shoot to stop. Unfortunately, when you hit someone in the chest with a, uh, with a bullet, uh, the result is often death. But police are not trained to kill people. They're trained to use the force above, a step above whatever force they're, they're being presented with to win the confrontation. And you're allowed to use deadly force in, in multiple uh, scenarios to protect yourself and innocent third parties. But at 23 and 24, I remember being asked that question, and when I was going through the psychology, the psychologist test, and that's who was asking me these questions, he said, have you really thought about that? Have you thought about killing another person? And I said, you know, in all honesty, I have not really thought about killing another person. Uh, I understand that that's part of the job. I'm not stupid. I I was worldly. I watched the news and I knew that police confronted people and sometimes officers got killed. I saw it many times in in my young life. And I said, well, I I would never want to kill anyone. uh, That's not something I would ever want to do. But if I was put in a position to have to protect myself from death or an innocent person, I think I could do it because I could justify that in my mind right? If you rolled up on someone and, and someone is about to shoot uh, a, an innocent person and you're there to be the protector and you have to use deadly force, you would be able to justify that in your mind. Society would justify that. That's why they have justifiable homicide, right? It's still the taking of another human life, but it's justifiable, right? And, then, and we could all get through that. Um, but these people... We're not being justifiable homicides. These were not fighting against one military against another, where everybody on both sides, combatants on both sides, know that this could be a fight and you're gonna fight a soldier in your middle of a battle and you're trying to do something. These are these are terrorists with weapons and knives going up against civilians. Now you might have said to yourself, well, if somebody came into my house, I would protect my family and I would kill him if I had to. And I think that's that's a true statement. People do it all the time. But would you go down the block to the family down the block uh, that maybe you didn't like the way they cut their grass? And would you go in and, and cut the throats of their children, rape their, their mother, and then kill everybody in the house and burn them? Of course you wouldn't. How would you wrap your head around that? Why would you even consider that? That is... That is where I say this has to be understood for what it is. And, and I, I don't say it lightly. I don't say it to be, uh, to be funny. I don't say it to be controversial. This is what evil is. This is what evil does. Evil comes to you in a way and tells you, yeah, it's good to do what you're doing. This is good. Uh, you know, religion over the years, you have to look at your religion. And, and what does your religion tell you to do? Well, I'm a Catholic. My religion tells me to love people, do what's right. Now, in the course of the history of my Catholic church, have they done wrong things? They have. Uh, they have. And, but, but that's not the religion. Those are the people who ran the religion. So when you, you say, what does your religion tell you to do? So here, these terrorists are being interviewed, the ones that lived, were saying, we, we read the Quran, and the Quran says, don't hurt women and children and elderly. But our, our leaders told us that that was good to do. Well, we all know that um, bad leaders can push people to do things they may not normally do in life. You know, uh, the whole thing, the whole controversy came out of World War II. I was just following orders. Well, they're, they're, it's a bigger conflict than face value. Well, I would never do it. If my commander ordered me to uh, go and shoot up uh, these people, I don't think I would do it. Well, you think you wouldn't. But when you were there in the middle of it, and it depends on what you've been told, how you've been conditioned, uh, maybe what you're facing, are you facing a uh, problem? I saw a movie one time, um, and I don't remember what it was, a war movie, World War II movie, and it was the Russian army, and they had to move forward, and it was withering machine gun fire uh, that they had to go into, and basically the commander, some of the soldiers didn't want to go, and the commander told all his um, sergeants and stuff that were there, if these men turn around and refuse to go forward, you shoot them down, right? These are these are things that we are not prepared for because we don't think about them because they're not part of our lives. And that's why I think this story it disappears so quick because we don't want to think about it as Americans. This, this is so ugly, this is so much evil floating around on the planet that It is just hard to comprehend killing a child, let alone an innocent child, raping that child's mother. I know I keep saying these things over and over and it's not for shock value, is because if somebody doesn't say it, it's going to disappear. It's going to disappear into the ether and we're going to kind of forget. We're already forgetting pretty much all of October 7th. Now all we're worried about is the ground incursion, the the attacks, the rockets. What are we going to do to those innocent Palestinian people? That's all people are talking about now. They're shutting the case down on October 7th. They can't show you the video. It is too brutal to look at the video. It's too brutal to look at the picture of, of these victims. But we're hearing the stories. We're hearing the testimony of people who lived through it. We're hearing the, uh, the soldiers who have it. And we see reporters have gone in and they have actually watched uh, video, body cam videos. Because remember, the killers had GoPro cameras and they were taking phone videos. And they were going on social media of the victims, taking their phones and going on and posting pictures of the victims dead onto their own social media. And laughing and joking so their friends and family would all see the video and the pictures of the victims dead. Uh, And I'm sure there's even more horrific things than you can imagine. When you decouple the moral compass from a human being in a situation like that, it's kind of akin to um, the mob. A mob has a mentality of its own. You may have individual people who would never in their own lives do something bad, would never overtake a building, would never burn something down, would never uh, beat uh, people, But then in a mob situation, when the mob is all reacting as one, it has a mind of its own. And people will find themselves going along with the crowd because of the energy of what's going on. And when you take that energy, not just uh, uh, mild violence, but when you take it to the point of depraved activity and murder of other human beings, it is hard to really comp and run our heads around that in any way to understand. I know I've said it over and over and and I apologize. I'm trying to find it a place in my head because this is going to live with us for a long time. It's going to be historic what has happened here no matter how it comes out. And I certainly hope that the Israelis do the right thing and protect themselves and we rid the world of terrorists. Then we can deal with the Palestinian people who just want to live in peace. That's what we're told, right? They just want to live in peace. Let's help them do that. All right? Listen, I gotta go, but we'll be back before you know it. Be a part of the solution, my friends, not a part of the problem.